Brock Purdy's elbow surgery delayed at least until early March, which puts his uh, preseason in doubt, which was already a little bit in doubt, even more in doubt now if he'll be ready for the start of the regular season. We'll get more into that, of course, and some beef happening with one particular San Francisco 49ers wide receiver and a Seahawks cornerback coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, I thought we were done talking about quarterbacks for the week after yesterday's pod, Croc, but just about the time we finished recording, there was a report that came out from Tom Pelissero that has since been confirmed by everybody involved in reporters and local reporters, and Brock Purdy's surgery is not happening. It should have happened Wednesday, and it did not happen Wednesday after his meeting with his doctor. uh, Here is the official report from Tom Pelissero. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy visited Dr. Keith Meister, who recommended postponing surgery because of ongoing inflammation in Purdy's elbow per sources. They'll reconvene in early March. All signs continue to point to a UCL repair that would have Purdy ready to go for the 2023 season. So they still think it's the same surgery, but they're still swelling, which is going on three weeks now, Croc, and going on a month almost now, actually. And uh, getting into March before the surgery actually happens, and it felt like it was taking too long already, but... Uh, yeah, but obviously, I'm not a doctor. I have no idea how these things work. And we do have some uh, some notes from actual doctors on this. But, man, this is uh, this is not ideal, right, for the timeline for for Brock Purdy to come back because the six months was already going to put him maybe at the point if it was exactly six months from surgery to get in one preseason game and no training camp being fully cleared. And now uh, it's looking like maybe not even at the beginning of the season he'll be ready to go in early September. Well, it sounds like right now they're saying, well, if he gets it right now, he can be ready by week one. And my thing, listen, Brock Purdy was awesome. Do you believe that Brock Purdy is a guy that's like, well, no matter what, right? He's just so established in the NFL that no matter what, he's plug and play week one. No, I mean, that's hard to do. A guy just to come in. And look, so he's supposed to be able to throw it three months. So the the big question with Purdy being ready to play is what he's able to do once he starts throwing. So once he starts throwing at three months, does that mean he's like Jimmy Garoppolo was last training camp where he's just throwing on the side separately with some coaches and that's it and he's out of practice? Or is he able to kind of throw and do some one-on-one stuff in practices or you know throw to receivers or be involved in some drills and not in team drills or something like that? Uh, th- that's a big question, how far along – He'll be able to participate somewhat in training camp. Will that give the 49ers a good enough feeling to let him walk into to week one, even though he didn't get any playing time in the preseason or in training camp fully cleared, if all of a sudden he's fully cleared right before week one? I, I find it hard to believe he would get thrown right in there, but it, it depends on what the 49ers have in competition with them too, I guess. Right. Uh, but overall, I think just their confidence that he'll be ready for week one, to me, that's the thing that's kind of up in the air. Obviously, you want him to have the surgery. You want him to be, 
you know, recover, have that, you know, speedy recovery, elbow fine, come back stronger with the arm, rookie of the year type deal, right? Um, but but the timeline is a little worrisome. It was already worrisome if he would have had the surgery the day after the NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. right? Like, if he had had it then, it's like, man, you know, Brock Purdy, that's the guy. You know, that's, it's his job to lose. But now, dang, he won't be there, though, you know, but he'll be ready for training camp. Awesome. Great. Then they just kept prolonging the surgery and prolonging the surgery. And, you know, I'm counting on my fingers. Okay, one month. Okay, two months, three months. And I'm starting to think, like, dang, like, what, what's up with this? And then is there I, a chance that it is worse than what we were thinking? Or is it just, you know what, no, there's just some swelling, and we'll get to it when we can. Because right now they're setting it off until, what, May? I mean, uh, March, excuse me? They're going to check back early March, so we don't really have a new date on the surgery. If it's still swollen in early March, then maybe they won't do the surgery then. But this thing's going to start healing on its own, too, which I guess could be good and bad. But if it's uh, it's probably mostly bad if it starts healing on its own, I would think. And, and you know, the doctors out there can let us know. But because do you have to correct it? If And again, I'm not a doctor. I know you're not a doctor. If it starts to heal on its own, do you have to go and kind of tear that cartilage apart it. and then... Right. It would yeah. seem so because that's why you needed the internal brace is so it could heal properly. Is that going to happen on its own? I, I would assume it wouldn't, but maybe it does. Maybe it starts because at some point it has to start healing on its own. And I would have thought, I can't think, Croc, can you remember a time when a player had to wait this long to get surgery? For I've seen some guys put off surgery a little bit, like even with a torn ACL, if there is a little uh, you know, swelling in the knee, but typically not this long out where you're going to get, you know, a month and a half out and he still hasn't had the surgery. Yeah, that's wild. I, I've never quite seen anything like this. And so um, uh, apparently everybody thinks it's still going to be the same surgery and they're just waiting for the swelling to go down. We'll go to Dr. Pandya here, who uh, is sort of the, the local go-to doctor. And uh, he's on the local radio a lot talking about stuff and on Twitter a lot. Dr. Narav Pandya says any degree of inflammation within a joint that has to undergo a repair slash reconstruction procedure, especially in a small joint, like an elbow increases the risk of infection, post-operative stiffness and nerve issues. Waiting may push back a timeline, but is best long-term. So that's the reason why you're waiting. They they're, they're waiting because they think it's going to be best for his elbow long-term even though, you know, in the short term, in six months, that does screw up the 49ers timeline to have him back and ready to go to start the season. There there actually was a doctor that reported on it as well. And gosh, I thought I liked the tweet, but it looks like I didn't. Maybe I just read it. But um, I don't even want to try to guess exactly what he said. Um, it was under the, like when it came out about it and then I looked underneath it and there was a tweet and there was a doctor and he just kind of explained like the process and it sounded like he wasn't worried. So if he's not worried about it, I'm not worried about it. Brock Purdy, at some point he'll be back. Uh, Trey Lance to get his shot. He'll get his opportunity. If he makes the best of it, awesome. Right. And then that's tough for Brock Purdy. But if Trey Lance doesn't, then all right, hurry up, Brock Purdy, get healthy. And hopefully by week one, he's 100 percent ready to go for whoever the 49ers play week one. And I'll probably be there. So uh, I'll be excited to watch him play live. And then there's the other part of his surgery, which was always the case, is once they open up his elbow, they still might find that they need to do the reconstruction in the Tommy John style surgery, which is the longer recovery process, even though they mm. think it's the, the UCL repair with the internal braces the thing they've always been talking about the repair that'll be the six month timeline it still could be longer once they open up the elbow so we still don't know 
uh, 100%, and we don't know when it's going to happen now, but once that surgery does happen, then they'll get in there and they'll find out what the best surgery is. And so it still could be the UCL repair, but it could be reconstruction that could last longer. And we won't find that out until after the surgery happens. And right now, we don't have a schedule for the surgery anymore since it did not happen on February 22nd after all. So a little complication here for for Brock Purdy. And you know what, Brock, we shouldn't be surprised because things are never – easy and things are never normal when it comes to the san francisco 49ers well, quarterbacks well things are never and again this just goes back to you know the question i asked uh, a few episodes ago it's kyle shenan just have bad luck <laughs> and i think that's what this is he he just can't have a normal offseason with at the quarterback position and it's yeah. unfortunate for him it's unfortunate for 49er fans you know we just want to know okay who's the quarterback right most normal teams going to the offseason just knowing who their quarterback is and it feels like every year the 49ers we just don't even when we thought we did jimmy garoppolo was throwing five interceptions in practice and you're like oh i hope he's okay right it was like weird it's always weird man it's always some of it's self-inflicted by kyle shanahan but most of it's just weird luck too and that's what we're seeing right now with this this brock purdy thing and um i i've got a couple things i want to run by you and and does this the timeline changing to a point where we're pretty darn sure at this point best case even he's not going to be cleared to be full participant in any part of camp or preseason i think we can safely say that at this point yes it's very unlikely so he will he will do he will do certain drills and there will be things that he might be able to do like even like seven on seven there could be a time where he does seven on seven, but they won't let him do live, right? So it just means he right. won't be 100% able to get under center, take snaps, drop back, and, and make throws with bodies around him. And certainly not be able to play in a preseason game. Correct. So that being known, what does that change for the 49ers plan this offseason next? And of course, get into this beef as well. We always love a good offseason beef between... NFL players real quick unless he's Adrian Peterson because he seemed to heal extremely quick but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Peterson doesn't swell though <laughs> just his muscles <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he got his surgery that day on the sideline right <laughs> was ready two weeks later ran for 2000 he tore his ACL and everybody's like oh man it was like late and then all of a sudden started the season he's not only out there he runs for 2000 yards that year crazy remember Jerry Rice came and I don't think he won comeback player of the year I think Peyton Manning won it, right? Isn't that what happened? Oh, it was the same year as Peyton Manning came back? I think it was. Yeah, correct me. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember. I, I, I'll i defer to you on that one. I think it – I think it, this is why I think it was. And I know this is not a topic that we were planning on discussing. Andrew Luck got drafted the 2012 season, yes. right? And the only reason why I remember this is because at this time – I was getting ready for my NFL workouts, which happened in 2013. I was working in the back of Macy's, and that was when Adrian Peterson broke the record. So that that so I think it all happened. So if if, if Andrew Luck was a rookie, then that must have been the year that Peyton Manning came back to Denver. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That adds up. Yep. So I don't know. Just kind of. Yeah. That's interesting. Two thousand yards and doesn't get comeback player of the year. Wow. That's pretty nuts. All right. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel. 
It's midway point of the NBA season, post-All-Star break. Things get really serious for the NBA now, and you can get involved in all of those things at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it's safe secure super easy to use and then you can bet on everything like money line point scores threes drained uh, NFL bets still I know the NFL season's over you can bet on the next Super Bowl winner the next NFL MVP and of course draft props as well at FanDuel and you can combine your bets for a bigger chance at a payout with same game parlays so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba thanks again everybody for making locked on 49ers your first listen check out the rest of what the network has to offer locked on nfl draft locked on nfl uh, tons of other teams covered in every sport but make sure if you do nothing else subscribe to the new peacock and williamson youtube channel and I would really appreciate that coming at you every day, covering the entire NFL. Got a brand new standalone YouTube channel, no longer on the Locked On NFL channel. That is youtube.com slash at Peacock and Williamson. Jerry Rice came back the same season too. A, an, another guy who's built different. He well, it was week one, right? When uh, when he broke his or he tore his ACL and he came back and played the same season. But the rest of his body wasn't ready for the comeback even though his knee was strong enough to play and i think he hurt his opposite knee that was the torn acl catching the touchdown right. pass yeah yeah hey real quick what did geno smith come back from we, i just talked about comeback player of the year <laughs> and i know geno smith won it this year but i'm like came back from sucking. oh okay that's i mean he, he's just a backup it's it's weird like what did you really come back from like it's a weird award anyway. Does it have to be just an injury? You know, what do you come back from? But he came back from. Like, I get it. AJ Peterson, like, you come so back from a torn ACL. Uh, uh, Peyton Manning, you came back from having neck surgery, and they're like, you can't look left, can't look right. You'll probably never be able to throw a football again. Geno Smith is like, you were Russell Wilson's backup, and now you're coming back later in the year. Like, what? He was. He was active for every game for the same team last year <laughs> and played remember he played games and, and won like won a couple yep yep <laughs> it's like what the hell gino gino's about to get paid probably by the season he did come back strong led the league in completion percentage and some other things like he did come good. back strong he was good came back from qb purgatory is what he came back from is brock purdy gonna come back when come well, back player of the year? can you can you win comeback player of the year after you played the whole year and had to get surgery in the offseason, and then let's say he balls right. out. He only he only missed <laughs> he only missed a half a game. <laughs> Three quarters. Or, yeah, most pretty much all the game. Uh but he can't he's not gonna win it. If all Demar Demar Hamlin has to play one snap and he's got it locked up for coming oh, back there yeah. the year next year. Well, I don't know. I feel like people, I don't know, they're kind of turning on him because his jacket he wore. <laughs> what? Oh, you didn't see the jacket? No. Okay, I'll, I'll let you Google it. What jacket? He wore a jacket. They didn't like it. And they started the to turn on him. The NFL is weird, man. Um, we're we're going to talk about some more weirdness <laughs> in the NFL with Juwan Jennings and Tariq Woolen. A little beef on social media today. But first, with when it comes to Brock Purdy, 49ers quarterbacks, they can't have a practice right now. No quarterback can play. Trey Lance should be 
cleared soon and, and be ready for OTAs in the entire offseason. So hopefully he doesn't re-injure something. Um, John Lynch talking about how he needs to you know prove he can stay healthy. And, and, and you know, it's true. But does this change the plan for the 49ers? Because the 49ers could have said, ah, we got we got Trey. He'll be there all offseason. We can bring in whatever journeyman and not really worry about it. And we got a couple quarterbacks, maybe draft one late, maybe an undrafted free agent to have an extra camp arm or whatever. Brock Purdy's going to come back at some time in the preseason. And then we'll know more about Trey. And then if not, then we've got Brock Purdy and we're good to go. But now week one is even in question. And, and pretty much you can say goodbye to being fully cleared for training camp or preseason, most likely with the, with the time with the new timeline now for Brock Purdy. So, Croc, for you, does this change the offseason plan for the 49ers as they try to get themselves a, a group of quarterbacks that can take them through training camp? Uh, no, this does not. Now, does it change the way maybe you have to view the start of the season? No, this is when things get a little weird because I was under the assumption that there was nothing really Trey Lance could do to start week one. That's how it felt. Like, no matter how good he did, it was like, well, Brock Purdy played well in actual games. Seven straight games, the, the players are behind him. George Kittle, Debo said, all the guys, like, they're behind him because he was in the trenches with them. He won in, the job. In, in, in meaningful games. So, okay, you got it. So I was thinking, well, there's no way. And now, I think this makes it weird because if Trey Lance just does play well, and that's a big if, but if Trey Lance plays well and he starts to get in his groove – and the game starts to slow down, then how do you not start him week one? So then now Brock Purdy is like, wait a minute, I'm back, I'm ready. And they're like, oh, hold on, let's watch this young guy cook a little bit more. <laughs> you know, like, well, what, what the heck? So then now it's like, oh, this is your guy? And you still st have the same dilemma with, well, even if Trey Lance starts week one, they play the Seahawks and the 49ers win. Well, it's still not a meaningful game. And you want playoff games with Brock Purdy at quarterback. So again, I would like it. Because I feel like the better, uh, like I felt like with Jimmy Garoppolo on the team, Trey Lance, there's this higher ceiling. So the, the, the sooner you get him up to speed and he's starting to play better, right? If you're playing with Trey Lance and you're winning games and he continues to stack those up and he's, and he's winning, your team is better for that. Mm -hmm. If that's the case. Now, you, you, he's got to get to that point, right, where he's winning games and whatnot. But – that would automatically kind of shift my opinion. Like, oh no, you got you got to stay with Trey. How would a team feel? And do you start to get conflicted? And then now, does anytime Trey Lance throws a bad pass, is he looking over his shoulder at uh, Brock Purdy? Is it, oh, is Brock Purdy going to trot in because that's kind of the guy that uh, uh, Kyle wants in? Kyle's waiting for me to mess up so he can throw him in. This is a disaster. It's a dis <laughs> it's a disaster. Well, and here's the other thing. So. When they're putting together this plan, free agency starts March 15th. And March 15th, the 49ers might not know yet what surgery Brock Purdy's even going to get. It could still be Tommy John if he hasn't had his surgery scheduled by the time free agency opens. So when free agency opens, the 49ers might say, we might not, we still don't know. We we might not have Brock Purdy all year. So we need a backup quarterback, and that's if Trey's good. And we might need a starting quarterback if Trey's not good. So I think it definitely changes the way the 49ers look at this thing. And I'm going to bring a name back that I, I talked about last week. And, and Croc, you, you, you shut it down. Everybody in the chat, we were live at the time. They shut it down. They're like, oh, no, these guys washed. Matt Ryan, dude. Matt Ryan's going to get cut <laughs> by the Colts. Matt Ryan's going to be on the San Francisco 49ers on March 15th, Croc. 
I watched him, man. I, I watched him. It was terrible, Peacock. He was bad. He was so bad. Again, I use the example. And, and again, anybody that wants to know, if you want anything that's laughable, just watch him against the Broncos. And it was two bad quarterbacks, which Tariq Woolen, we talked about Tariq Woolen. I can't wait to talk about him. He said something about Russell Wilson as well that had me laughing all day. All right. But between two bad quarterbacks, Russell Wilson was playing terrible. And Matt Ryan was playing even worse. Like, he was bad. So, unless you're saying, well, yeah, he was terrible, but Kyle can get him to play to this level. Okay, maybe. But he just looked shot to me. It was like that last year with, with Peyton Manning. Somehow Peyton Manning keeps coming up on this podcast, but Peyton Manning against the uh, uh, that last year when they won the Super Bowl. But when you were watching, you were just like, is he the worst quarterback in the NFL? throw like, oh he couldn't God. throw a 10 yard out right he threw it he threw a 10 yard out it took five seconds to get there got picked off and taken the other way he mm. threw 10 if i'm not mistaken this off top of the head demanding had 10 touchdowns to 16 interceptions in that last year and he got benched for brock osweiler at some point but then osweiler was so bad they had to put him back in i mean it was terrible right yeah matt ryan was bad like that like he was not that, good that, like he couldn't he like can't physically throw anymore like he can throw. he can physically throw. He actually had a long run, I think, against Vegas. He he was just bad. I don't I don't even know how else to put it. I would have you to look what? at his stats. Maybe the hey, stats tell a different story. But when it. I watched him, I'm like, this guy's not good. I'll say this about his stats. He completed 67% of his passes. He had, I think it was like 13 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Wasn't a good touchdown to interception ratio. And he he looked mostly washed in, in the game. He got game. benched for Sam Ellinger. Yeah. But then they brought him back because they realized that was a bad that no, was a they bad. brought him back because Jeff Saturday took over. They brought him back. He won a game and then lost the rest of them. <laughs> like, he was bad. <laughs> so, he, do you want to know who Matt Ryan beat last year? He beat the Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> so, here's so this is, this is my Matt Ryan thing. And I, I thought, by the way, shout out Matt Williamson, my co-host, former NFL scout uh, on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Go check it out. We talked that it was part of the mailbag. That's why Matt Ryan's fresh in my mind right now. Someone asked about that connection with, with Matt Ryan and, and Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers. And I thought Williamson put it perfectly. He said, it makes perfect sense if Matt Ryan is what Joe Flacco was on the Jets. You don't bring in, you don't bring in Matt Ryan because he's your savior and your starting quarterback, you bring in Matt Ryan and say, Hey, we're going to sign you to a one year deal. It's not a big deal either. And you might back up Brock. You might back up Trey, but we at least know, you know, you've won with Kyle in the past and you might be the starter in week one. We might need you. So he could, he can fill a lot of roles for you. He can be a mentor and he has to be okay with that. He could be a backup and he has to be okay with that. Or he might be needed to start week one, and maybe he's not washed. Maybe it's like Tom Brady who looked washed, and turned out he wasn't washed once he gets in a, a better offense on a better football team with better players around him. Because the whole Colts team was bad last year, yeah. and coaching changes, and you know, new offense for him, and there's a lot going on with the Colts. It wasn't just Matt Ryan. So as long as he can still throw the football, I got to imagine Kyle's going to look at Matt Ryan and not see washed. He's going to see. Hey, we can get this guy just like how it was with Garoppolo last year. Oh, we can give him the Garoppolo deal. We can bring him back for one year. That's not crazy money. You know, Kyle Shanahan's gonna be all over that. I guess you could talk me into that. When you say it like that, right? It's like the expectations. We don't expect you to start, but if you absolutely have to, right? Because the Colts, it was like you're our starting quarterback, and then it's like, dang, this isn't going well. 
But the 49ers with more talent, and you say, hey, man, you, you could at any point in the season be the third-string quarterback. But if need be, and you got to be our Joe Flacco and play, like, I guess it maybe could be worse. Could definitely be worse. Yeah. Would it be worse if all of a sudden Matt Ryan's forced to start for you in week one? Or if Nate Sudfeld's forced to start for you? <laughs> or is they're going to bring in a veteran? Or Nick Mullins, right? I think Nick Mullins makes a ton of sense because knows the offense. Uh, he's not threatening to any of these guys. He can be a backup. And he is actually, he's one of the few people on the planet that's had the same exact surgery Brock Purdy's going to have, right? So there's a little added bit there that he can help him through that process because he's been there to have a guy like that in the locker room. So to me, Nick Mullins makes even more sense than uh, Nate Sudfeld. And Sudfeld was kind of Scangarello's guy anyway. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Matt Ryan's starting to seem a little bit more likely than originally I thought when, when I saw his name out there and saw that he was going to be someone who might end up being a free agent after he gets cut by the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, we know Kyle Shanahan pretty well at this point. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, feels highly, thinks highly of Matt Ryan. Uh, I would n- absolutely not squash that idea of, of Matt Ryan being on the 49ers this year. Uh, I, you, you, you can talk me into that. It's, it's just... I watched him; he was bad. But if he, if you're saying, well, he's not the savior of your team, then I can. You're not signing not some like four year contract where he's starting over anybody out of the gate. Right. He's, he's in camp with you as maybe a backup, and he has to be okay with that. He's he's what Joe Flacco is right now, and that's right. the portion of the career. And Matt Ryan might say, "Nah, screw that. I'm gonna hang him up," which you know makes a lot of sense. I, I don't know why Joe Flacco is playing third string quarterback right now for the Jets. He's already got a Super Bowl too. He doesn't have to ring chase. At least oh, Matt well, Ryan being chased a little bit. You know, I mean, why not? I, I think third-string quarterback in the NFL, is, they say second-string quarterback in the NFL is the best job. I think third-string quarterback is. Yeah, third-string because you, you're even less <laughs> likely to play. <laughs> it's like I'm chilling. All right, uh, let's get to this beef. Tariq Woolen and Juwan Jennings next. Thanks once again, everybody, for making us your first listen. Make sure you check out Locked On NFL Draft, Locked On NFL. Uh, your favorite teams are covered not only in – uh, in, in the NFL, but Major League Baseball, it's getting going here. We got some some real games starting to happen in spring training, NBA, of course, uh, NHL, college sports, and of course the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel. Do you want to lay out what happened with the beef here? I think it's I think it's hilarious because of uh, it just came out of left field. It was like from the top rope, Jawan Jennings on social media coming at Tariq Woolen because he responded to a tweet from the the NFL. It was the, just the NFL handle said before his Pro Bowl rookie season, Tariq Woolen showed out at the combine, you know, getting the, the combine hype coming. And nobody was talking to Juwan Jennings in any of this. And Juwan <laughs> Jennings just comes out and says, boy, better stay in cover three or it's a buffet out there. <laughs> That's hilarious. Just out of nowhere, trash talking. Tariq Woolen. And what was Tariq Woolen's response? Tariq Woolen's was, was, response was, man, you're the only receiver that's talking. And again, I'm not reading it, so I'm kind of paraphrasing it, but it's along these lines. You're the only receiver that's talking. You better stick to running out routes and blocking because you're a tight end. <laughs> See, I, I don't know if Tariq Woolen listens to the podcast, but I remember last offseason, I was like, you know, I think kind of Jerron James kind of like a tight end for the 49ers. And, you know, he might not take too kindly to that. And he was more than a tight end for the 49ers this year. But uh, I think it's hilarious that, that Tariq Woolen went there 
with him. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. I just I thought that was a funny beef because it came out of nowhere. And uh, you know, John Juwan Jennings is definitely not afraid to uh, to beef with people on the field or seemingly off now. He, he's gonna mix it up a little bit, but yeah. I think I commented because I saw it on the 49er, like, you know, the blogs on Instagram. Shout out to the SF 49ers. All right. Uh, but I was on there and I saw it. And I'm like, well, I think they both got a point. You know, I think Tariq Woolen is, you know, he's tailor-made for kind of that type of scheme. I think he does a really good job of that. Long corner, rangy, athletic. And he had a bunch of interceptions, making the Pro Bowl. And then, I mean, Juwan Jennings, like you said, he's essentially a tight end. I mean, that's really like how to utilize him. And he runs those out routes. I mean, how many other routes have you seen him catch? Uh, I did see some people reply with the long Juwan Jennings catch that uh, could have been a touchdown. I don't think was a touchdown against the Seahawks, but it wasn't like he wasn't like in man coverage on, on right. or anything. And actually he was kind of hidden coming out of like a, basically an H back set. If I remember, or maybe he was just in, in motion. I don't remember, but I remember he came out of like, the trash kind of and ran that um that deep route almost like a wheel route from uh, from an h-back spot so you know that's not really good evidence of of juan jennings cooking Tariq woolen or anything like that but uh, and it's essentially kind of aligns with what Tariq woolen was saying right when, when you talk about where he lined up on that play like you just you just said jennings and h-back in the same in the right. same sentence yeah yeah and he's utilized a lot like that and he's used, utilized out outside of like a receiver too so he's not like just a tight end but um he does a lot of tight end stuff and he's a really good blocker like a tight end and if he converted <laughs> full-time to tight end they'd be pretty darn good at it and probably be a really good tight end too for the 49ers after george very Day. aggressive yeah uh but i i didn't see the the trash talking from woolen and and russell wilson by the way they were never teammates because Tariq woolen was a rookie last year and, and uh, russell wilson was already gone I wish we were able to pull up the soundbite from it because it was comedy, but it was one of those things where, and I think when you get to the NFL, especially when, when you're one of these younger guys, like you kind of grow up watching these guys, right? Like I just talked about Andrew Luck, 2012 being drafted. Well, that was the same year Russell Wilson was drafted. So how old was Tariq Woolen in 2012? Yeah, he was we were like, talking about like 10, 11 years ago. He probably was. Junior, I mean, junior high at the oldest. Right. You know, we were yeah. talking about somebody young. So he grew up watch, watching Russell Wilson. And he said they played against Denver. And he saw Russell Wilson. So I'm trying to make it a little bit more dramatic. He played against Denver. <laughs> he sees Russell Wilson. And he said, man, you know, I, I knew he was a little shorter, but I was a little surprised because he looked like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> He said Russell Wilson looked like a sack of potatoes on the field. Like, oh, just man. not in shape, really round, short, just this butterball of, of a football player. And it's funny because I, I listened to my guys, uh, Haberman and Middlecoff, and they were talking about how Russell Wilson just looks out of shape. Now, he did give him props by saying, but he was athletic. It, maybe he could have felt bad because now it's out there, right? Like, he's saying all this on, it's on the podcast. Mm -hmm. He's chilling talking with some buddies or whatever. It's live in person. Like it's like four guys sitting around. And he's like, man, he looked like a sack of potatoes. And I just, I was dying laughing. Cause I think because Russell Wilson, he just catches strays left and right. Oh, he like, does. like yeah. everybody looks at Russell Wilson 
and he's the butt of a lot of a lot of jokes. So I feel bad from that standpoint because I know Russell Wilson probably like, what what did I do? Body's <laughs> getting body shaped over here. <laughs> but it is what it is, man. I mean, got sack of potatoes, and that's a funny thing too because you can't see somebody in person. And they just look a lot different, right? I mean, we, you know, I know a lot of our listeners, you got the Instagram models, right? The girls and the men. I want to make sure I mention men because we did have a female listener one time. Like, Eric, I think you forgot you have female listeners. But the the women and men, you can see them on social media and they might look a certain way. And then you see them in person and you're like, "Mm, you you take good angles, right? You got got the angles down. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm so glad I'm not like, single and on the dating apps like I, i've heard so many stories about that we're like you know getting catfish on the uh, on the apps and they show up like what you don't look anything like any of the photos like the angles there might have been some cgi going on <laughs> well russell wilson and his camp and the nfl i think they've been taking a lot of good angles of them because in person sounds like he's built like a sack of potatoes and that is probably one of the like that's probably one of the biggest insults that you can say about like a professional athlete that yeah. you are built like a sack of potatoes, especially a quarterback. Cause they're usually statuesque and, and tall and, and lean type of dudes. And even the unathletic ones are, you know, they're, they're, they're bigger and, and, and you could tell they're, you know, a, a pro athlete of some sort, you know, and Russell Wilson's a little shorter. And the thing with Russ, with his persona too, is he like presents himself as this perfect guy. So if he's not perfect, <laughs> you can't wait to call him out on it. And man, he is catching it from all angles right now. He is. And he was in the magazine. And I, I, I saw it on my timeline earlier today. And somehow I was just like, man, like Russell just, you know, and I'm looking at the picture. It's like, it's not a bad picture. They got the right angles of him, right? But it's like a men's health magazine or it's something along those lines of that. He has his shirt off. And I think just the thought of him, people just think he's very. The, the the word a lot of people use now, cringy. Yeah. He's cringe. I think he's just very cringe. Mm-hmm. And people, no matter what it is that he does, they can't get past that. You know, there are people that attacked him. And again, I don't know. I don't know details. I ain't diving into his financial situation. But it was like a lot of money, like millions of dollars being donated to his oh, yeah. foundation. And then it's not. Then he had to come out and do like a press release where he kind of like didn't. He didn't deny it but he talked in kind of in circles about like hey man we you know we give our money directly to something along the line now he never said that this stuff is true or not but uh, i i hate the fact that he has to deny de- like go out there and speak and everybody talks about him because he doesn't bother anybody it, it'd be yeah, one thing if he goes out of his way to go at people attack people but then he's just this corny dude and he is, you know, he's a little corny, but he's corny to himself. His wife loves him. He's a great father. He does all these things. He's an ultimate professional. His teammates, they're like, man, he's a great professional, but everybody just attacks him. And I, yeah. I kind of get it, but I, I feel bad for him because he just stays in his lane. It is a little unfair because he's mostly just corny and it's not like he's going at anybody, but he's, he's still catching strays. Uh, but yeah, I, I did see that report. It's only like only 24% of his... Uh, of donations to his foundation who actually went to charities. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty bad look. That's probably the worst thing that has been a, attached to, to Russell Wilson aside from his play last year. And he made so much money. And when you are a family man, usually you do well with your money. So it's like, I don't think he's, 
hiding money or using money on different things or, you know, I don't think it's that. I mean, he's made a lot of money in the NFL. People are even crushing him because he had 12 bathrooms in his, <laughs> in his Denver home that he bought, the Denver mansion he bought. <laughs> I could see how you could have 12 bathrooms if all the rooms have like restrooms like me, right? I have a little bit more standard. We have, uh, f how many bedrooms do we have? So this is an office, but we have Donner's guest bedroom, our bedroom, that room. So we got four bedrooms and we have three bathrooms, but there are three full bathrooms and our guest bedroom has a, a full bathroom as well. Right? Well, I, I could see if you just live in a big old house where you might have these half bathrooms or maybe you have full ones around, but maybe the bedrooms have bathrooms as well. Yeah. Like all the guest bedrooms are almost like masters for, for people to have their own bathrooms there. Right. You, you got a bathroom when you, when you enter the house, you know, 12 uh, is a lot, but yeah. Lot. Yeah. But if you got a lot of rooms, then maybe you got a bathroom uh, near the back door, you know, maybe it's, there's an outdoor bathroom near the pool area. Yeah. Right? I, I have a bathroom uh, in my pool area. There you go. So you got four bathrooms. You got Three, four bathrooms. Two, there we go. Quarter, quarter away. I just need about eight Dude. more. <laughs> and I'll catch Russell Wilson. You're 24, you're 25% of uh, Russell Wilson right now. I have bathrooms at my gym. And that's I mean, it's, it's on my land. So that's uh, six bathrooms. You got you're halfway to Russell. No, Wilson. no, no. I got if I count my bathroom at the pool and then my bathroom's at the gym, because the gym I have four stalls. So I got two and two. So, stalls so I got eight. If you got a men's and women's bathroom, I think I, that counts. But okay, I yeah, I have, I have a men's and women's, and there's two in each with the stalls thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it six. I, okay, I think, I think you're overcounting there. All right, so I'm halfway there. Don't be like Russell Wilson's charity. <laughs> Miscounting. All right, we got to go. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Check out Peacock and Williamson, Locked On NFL Draft, everything the network has to offer. And, of course, Croc and I will be back tomorrow and every day throughout the offseason right here, Locked On 49ers.